Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. Just before we get started, a word from our friends at Future Golf, the official golf club partner of the 19th Tee Podcast. Future Golf is Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of Australia's very best courses. Your membership includes free rounds, over 90 discounted green fees Australia-wide, a free professional lesson, an ex-golf simulator session, and of course, the all-important Golf Australia handicap. The best part, though? definitely the price with packages starting at just $24.95 per month it is the very best value golf membership you'll find plus listeners of this little podcast get a further 10% off with any future golf membership with the promo code the 19th t that's t-h-e-1-9-t-h-t-double-e and what i will say druids is the folks at future golf have been fantastic in the current crisis all current members will have their their full 12 month membership uh, granted, once golf recommences in each of your states, if you're signing up to a new membership at the moment, same deal. If you can't play, say if you're in Victoria and you're jumping on board with a new membership, then you'll have your full 12 months once golf resumes. They've been fantastic in honouring their memberships in the current crisis, so they deserve a big pat on the back, but there's certainly no reason not to jump on board with Future Golf at this point in time and save yourself a bit of cash, the 19th D promo code, that 10% off any new membership. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, Look no further than Future Golf. Head to www.futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. And don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for an extra 10% off. Future Golf, play your way. This is the 19th T podcast. Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy back with you for another week. Drew, it's still good to have your company. Yeah, as always, mate. Very excited to be here. And what an absolute pleasure to have our first program in partnership with the good folk at Sport FM. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful radio station over here in the West doing wonderful things, chatting a plethora of sport. These guys are highly, highly popular radio station as well. So very excited to be uh, in the radios and um, I suppose the years of people listening uh, around WA. Yes, each of our new episodes each week will be broadcast on Sport FM Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. So if you want a double dose, uh, obviously make sure you continue to download and subscribe uh, and rate if you feel so inclined. But if you want a double dose, uh, 8 to 9 p.m. Tuesday evenings, 91.3 Sport FM. So it's great to be on board with the team at Sport FM and great to be in the ears of some new listeners who are having their first experience of the 19th T for those people, Druids, who may be hearing us for the first time but haven't seen us on social media, tell them where they can find us. Yeah, get around it on the 19th T podcast, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all, all the three majors, the three big ones, uh, as they like to say. Um, yeah, we've got the, the bracket contest at the moment, KM, which is about to kick off into the quarterfinals and an enticing matchup. Uh, so we'll get our punters uh, having a vote as to whether Royal Melbourne or Augusta National goes through. And then on the other side, it's uh, Royal Port Rush against the old course. And as much as I love Royal Port Rush, I think that might be the end of, uh, end of that course there. I think the old course has got that one in the bank. So get on board, get involved. Yes, for those listening for the first time, we the bracket we speak of is uh, we, we took the top 16 courses from the top 100 courses around the world, randomly generated them into a bracket and pitted them off against each other. We are down to the final few. We've got a fairly good idea who's going to face off against each other in the final. Uh, but stranger things have happened now. If they head to our Instagram page at the 19th T Podcast, they'll also see you 
shin deep in water across the weekend, mate, yeah. making a terrible game management decision. Yeah, look, it was. I was even par through seven holes. I'd never been in that sort of situation before, mate. So, um, you know, to be fair, I was unfamiliar unfamiliar territory, but uh, still managed to go around in 79, first time breaking 80 km. So, humble little brag. It'll be back to the 90s this week. Uh, so, all very, good. Very impressive given, Thanks, uh, I believe, a trip bogey start. Was it? Uh, it was the first couple of holes were all right. I had a triple on a par three on the back, yeah, back nine, yeah. which really and of course you trip to the pond. Uh, so all things considered to break 80, I was very, very impressed and somewhat Thanks, proud. Man. So good Thank for you, mate. mate. Now, Who's our guest? Bugger, bugger yes. us. Who's the guest? <laughs> well, Drews, we're starting something a little bit different uh, this week. We're going to do a series of interviews. We won't say weekly. We won't even put a time frame on it, but we're going to start to talk to some athletes outside of the golfing realm who love their golf. They might be cricketers. They might be footballers. They might be from all different walks of the sporting life. Uh, but golf uh, is a hobby. Uh, for some, it's a lot more uh, intense than a hobby. Uh, golf tends to be the, I suppose, the the salvation for many of these athletes to, you know, find a, find a bit of headspace away from the noise and get some time to themselves during the week. So we're really looking forward to having a chat with these athletes from other walks of life about their love of golf. And Drew's, I think it's fair to say our first guest in this series certainly doesn't disappoint. So without any further ado, we're going to string out the suspense a little bit further. Really looking forward to this one, Drew's our first guest in our series talking to athletes who love their golf. Well, Drew's, our guest this week is one of the most prolific T20 cricketers in the world. Probably not That's a sport right. you'd expect us to lead off with on the 19th tee, but obviously a, quite a decorated career for this man, having played over 180 games in his international T20 career. He's also represented his country over 20 times, more than 5,000 runs in the format of the game with a whopping 296. Not only has he represented his country, he's a laundry list of the teams that he's represented around the world. Catch a load of this, Drudes. He has turned out for the Deccan Chargers, the Edmonton Royals, the Guyana Amazon Warriors, the Hung Hom Jaguars, the Jamaican Talawars, the Kundaruta Warriors, the Calcutta Knight Riders, the Lahore Kalandas, the Maratha Arabians, the Trinbago Knight Riders, and the criminally underrated Winnipeg Hawks. Um, he's also, of course, the cult hero and captain of the Brisbane Heat and part of a select group of cricketers who also have quite an affinity for the other white ball, which we tend to talk about a lot more often on this podcast. I speak, of course, of Chris Lenn, who joins us. Lenny, welcome to the 19th Two Podcast. Thank you, lads. Uh, a bit refreshing with those stats. I didn't know I played 180 games. I think it's nearly time to hang them up. <laughs> no, it's not, mate. No, it's not. More no, time absolute pleasure, guys. Yeah, more, plenty more time for golf, actually. Well, let's start with a question without notice. We're yeah. currently playing as a three-ball linny, and uh, we're, I don't think any of us, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying, we're up to PGA Tour standard, which is the only place they play three balls. So if Correct. we had to put you on notice to invite a fourth, who would be your playing partner? Um, currently, it'd have to be Michael Jordan. Uh, watching <laughs> watching the current Netflix um, series, um, obviously he loved his golf as well. Um, I'm not sure I could keep up with his um, betting on the golf course, but I don't mind a flag. <laughs> I don't, I don't. But uh, to have someone of that caliber on the course would be just unbelievable, and and can only imagine. Um, obviously, we've seen some stories come out uh, on the on the Netflix series, but uh, I'm sure we have a lot of. Um, under the table stories, uh, which would just be unbelievable. <laughs> Tell us how your connection to golf started. Was it something that you picked up from a young age or is it more of a, I suppose, a hobby that's developed later in life? Yeah, probably a hobby that's developed later. I'll go through, I used to go through phases with golf where I just obviously love it and then just play it four, four times a week for a month and then just hate the game for six months. Um, but now I actually really enjoy trying to get better at the game and, 
uh, getting outdoors. I uh, don't mind walking the course occasionally, but um, yeah, more of a social thing. And, and obviously it's a great networking game as well. So it's something that I've, um, you know, been more regular now in, in obviously my cricket career. I, I travel with my golf, golf bag uh, most places and yeah, it's a good way to switch off from the game of cricket and as I said, get out in the fresh air and, and enjoy the Aussie sun. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, but you you did bring it up there. You travel with your golf bag. Do you get much golf in on the road? Because you spend a lot of time traveling from uh, different places and spending time in different places. Do you get to to play a bit of golf when you're away on tour? Uh, in Australia, it's a little bit harder because the schedules, um, you know, are quite busy. But I actually find I play like I've played a fair bit in the last couple of years of IPL. Obviously, a lot of downtime, a lot of hotel room time. So you try and. You know, obviously playing golf speed things up. Um, you know, throughout those six weeks, but uh, yeah, I do get a, do get a fair bit in. Obviously, a bit disappointed with uh, the hundred, the new hundred competition being cancelled um, mm. during last week. Sorry, so I would have loved to play uh, obviously some awesome courses over in England. So that would have been nice. But um, yeah, the Caribbean's got some fantastic courses. Uh, just recently come back from Pakistan, and I reckon that's one of the best golf courses I've played. Uh, in Lahore, so uh, that's that's something I'm looking forward to next time we get over to Pakistan. But uh, yeah, in Australia is quite tough. Um, Dan Vittori, we actually used to um, you know set up our training around golf, so we'd see what tea times we get first, and then we'd make up training after that. <laughs> Probably explain okay. while we finish last a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate thing about cricket, though, Lee, is that you're not spending a lot of time in Scotland and Wales, uh, Scotland and Ireland and Wales, and and sort of some of the great links courses of the world, mate. So you you get to see plenty of, uh, I suppose, the the, the on land courses, but there's not too many that you get to to really experience that links. Like we might have to get onto the ICC to start scheduling a few more uh, World Cups and whatnot in Ireland and, and Scotland, yeah. so you can really yeah. test the waters. Yeah, well, the, I, I played. Um... I had a tournament in Canada and I was meant to go straight to uh, to those countries um, for another tournament. It got cancelled, so I was absolutely filthy. Um, yeah, I was meant to play for another team called the Edinburgh Rocks. Um, so that would have been, yeah, that was basically a, a golf trip with a bit of cricket getting in the way. So um, hopefully that tournament gets up and running and they pull their finger out for next year. Liddy, you're playing some of the... I mean, let's face it, some of the loudest and largest arenas in the world, particularly around the IPL, I imagine it's, it's probably a six to eight week period where you rarely hear yourself think. So yeah. talk to us about the attraction of the silence of the golf course. Oh, it's just your own, it's your own time. It's your own space, isn't it? Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I suppose we don't really get too much of these days, especially in the, so, the world of social media and mobile phones. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to get out and film and take photos of, um, you know, your playing partners, all that on the course. I like to actually just put my phone away and actually get away from, from it all. But, you know, it's, if with the restrictions now and um, it, it's even well, it's even greater, I suppose, that silence, being a single player in a cart um, and then only, only playing in a two ball. But um, I suppose I've always been one to, you know, always have a laugh and always have fun on the course. So I'm kind of hoping these restrictions are lifted shortly. But um, I think you hit the nail on the head with that with that silence. It's, it's just a great way to get out and just, again, mentally freshen up and and, uh, and enjoy, the, enjoy the sun because I think we take it for granted uh, how lucky we are, especially in Australia, 
you know, to be outdoors, you know, any any time of the year, especially in Brisbane anyway. I mean, we've had our first day, I think, under 25 a couple of days ago. So it's not bad coming into winter. But, yeah, we are, uh, I think as you get older and, and you blokes will know, you, you, you appreciate the weather so much more. Um, when, you know, when you're a kid, it's you, you don't appreciate the, the, the weather that we have. I said at the start there that obviously cricket is a game. There are a number of players who seem to have an affinity with the game of golf. You know, old school players like Ponting and Blewett. Um, there are some coming through in the, the new generation as well. What do you think it is about golf that lends itself uh, so well to cricket players and their ability to pick up the game? Yeah, I've been trying to work that one out. Um, like, well, I don't know, is it? The, you know, like a test match and it's a length of play. Like it's, it's generally a four-hour round of golf and, you know, 2020s only go for three. That's probably why I play six really shit holes um, because <laughs> my, attention, my attention span doesn't last four. Um, I, I don't really know. Obviously, the swings, are, um, you know, you can, can compare swings. Um, I guess it's just, yeah, slow-paced, a bit like a... Uh, a test match or a Sheffield Shield game but um, yeah I don't really know but um, it's sort of it's something that crosses my mind all the time but I think um, maybe the personalities of cricketers and golfers as well are pretty similar so from what I've um, you know from the from the circles of, of people I've met um, in, in those sporting worlds but yeah I can't really I can't really hit the nail on the head with it but uh, I think you know there's there's a lot of AFL guys getting into golf now as well, which I've uh, seen more of. Rugby league players, not so much because, of, again, probably that attention span uh, and, that, and that culture uh, of rugby league. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. You played uh, a little bit in, in India, Linny. Have they got many golf courses over there? Mate, absolutely beautiful golf courses over in India. The best one in India that I've played is uh, in Delhi. And there's also one in a place called Pune, which is an hour outside of Mumbai. And it's, um, yeah, they're magic. You, you'd think you could be, not in India, you're in, you know, any part of the world. But, um, you know, what stands out to me in those countries is the, the grain on the greens. Uh, you know, just, just reading it, it's, it's so tough. Uh, you know, you're either hitting it, you know, on ice, downhill, or you're hitting it in Velcro, uphill, um, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, but uh, yeah, it's, it's something that, again, I don't get too frustrated when I'm out on the course because I get played to play cricket, not golf. <laughs> How do you go getting out and, and playing golf in India, mate? Because you were talking about Michael Jordan before. In, in many ways, when you're in India, you are the Michael Jordan there. They absolutely adore you, mate. How do you go getting out of the hotel and, and getting down to a golf course? Yeah, it's, uh, it takes some organising. It takes about uh, three cop cars. Um, you know, a dozen security, um, and it's quite a drawn-out process. I mean, as I mentioned before, coming back from Pakistan, that was a whole new level. Um, they shut down the roads. Uh, we're in a bomb-proof um, van, um, bomb and bulletproof van. Uh, I've got a signal jammer driving next to me in a car. Um, what else? Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, again, they need about probably four or five days notice to, to organise golf. Um, yeah, so it <laughs> is wild. quite tough. But, but in terms of the people, uh, obviously, you talk about that space and that silence. Uh, it's the best way. Obviously, in India, they're on top of you uh, wherever you go. And 
um, you know, that, that's why you stay in your hotel room so much, just to get away from it all. But the next best is the golf course. Um, but yeah, again, some some beautiful courses. And I think when you're in those types of countries, you can easily get uh, angry, um, you know, about the how slow things are. But I found over the years that you know, if you learn to be patient and embrace the culture, you know, time just flies then. Now, Lenny, your social media pages, specifically your Instagram, your Facebook, uh, have proven to be a Trevor trove for questions, um, ironically, surrounding your golf. I want to take you back to the 16th of August, 2019, (laughs) and talk you through a three-day period uh, from the 16th through to the 18th of August. Um, The photo on the 16th of August is you... Uh, what looks like a corporate box at Lords, day two of the test match there, not bad. Um, you're sitting with a couple of other Australian athletes uh, who, who play rugby over in the UK and what looks like either yep. um, your uncle, uh, potentially your, your older long-lost brother in that photo. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, right, skip ahead recall. to the uh, 17th of August, the day after. Obviously not much to do in London, big world city. So we've jumped on a private jet. Uh, looks pretty something <laughs> out of entourage. Um, again, it's, it's you and the... The doppelganger, yeah. maybe you fast yeah. forward that that fifty year app challenge um, on the uh, <laughs> on the private jet, and then on the eighteenth of August we have a photo on a tea box at Sage Valley Country Club. Now, for the benefit of our listeners, Sage Valley Country Club is in South Carolina. In fact, it's only about twenty seven kilometres over the Savannah River and over the border from Georgia from Augusta National, and widely ranked in the top one hundred courses in America. Um, I want. I suppose I just want you to walk me through that whole experience. Well, I think I think that you missed the part. The day before, I actually hit the the winning runs in the Super over to win the Canada uh, Premier League tournament. Of course, so, the most important um, part. My apologies. <laughs> so, um, flew yeah straight from Canada, where um, yeah Stewie Giles, a good mate of mine, uh, does great things in the world with cancer care. Um, decided look, why don't you come over and be a part of his scholarship foundation dinner? Um, and because we made the final, I missed that. So a couple of days later, they were going to Lords in a box and uh, ran into it. Also invited a couple of rugby mates, uh, Chiba Hanson and Luke Morahan, as, as you know. And uh, it was a great couple of days there. Very, um, uh, well, how do I put it? Uh, the, yeah, the water levels were quite high after um, two days. An Lord. audacious few days. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, yeah, jumped on a, jumped on a jet, um, courtesy of Stewie, and ended up in Sage Valley, where he is a member of. And I believe the Hawthorne Hawks boys go every year. Um, and um, Stewie, Stewie looks after him every year over in Sage. And, yeah, we put up in a, a little cottage there. Well, when I say little, bigger than my house at home. Um, just the two of us, um, which is big, and, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, mate, Sage Valley is the number one golf course that I've played uh, ever. It's as you mentioned, just down the road from Augusta. Um, I can't remember the owner's name, but he was actually rejected. Yeah, because, I, was, um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, the benefit uh, of our it, listeners, maybe? I think it's Weldon Wyatt, he's a property Wyatt, developer Wyatt. who was, That's as right. you say, rejected from Augusta National, and so, um was given 500 acres across the border into South Carolina, bought an extra thousand and told Tom Fazio um, to build him at Augusta National. And it, it's, it's from, you might be able to confirm a few things, but from what I've read, the caddies all wear white jumpsuits. The members all wear green jackets. Like it's actually a little eerie how much he's copied Augusta National. Yeah. Yeah. And like to get dinner, you, you know, you get to dress up in a suit and all that type of business. So it was, um, 
yeah, it was nothing that I've ever seen before. But, you know, from the course itself, um, unbelievable, Nick. Um, I suppose the weather was, I could probably compare it to Brisbane, you know, quite humid, uh, very steamy, um, you know, big storms roll in. And um, as a bloke that's coming two days on, well, I probably had about four days by then on the pierce. Um, the humidity coming out of the out of the ground <laughs> uh, really uh, sweated it all out. And, it, and it's not the flattest track. There's, there's quite a few hills, and um, but I tell you, it was it was a great walk. And um, yeah, hopefully get an invitation back there one one uh, one year. Um, I didn't play my best golf, as I said. I was just about to say preparation, greatest preparation. Um, Did you hold off triple got, figures? I held off triple figures. I uh, got my money's worth. Got to see all of the course. Uh, we played. We played two rounds, and uh, yeah, jumped on the jet home. But uh, that was an experience that I'll never forget. And um, you know, people. I you know, wear, I wear the Sage Valley shirts around. You know, the Brisbane or Brisbane golf courses, and they actually, you know, not many people have actually heard of Sage Valley. So I've kind of explained that this story. What I've just explained and. They just, they just, you know, you see the jaw drop and go, holy shit, like, what's, I've got to get myself over there. But, um, yeah, members only. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an unbelievable little town. And, uh, yeah, as I said, hopefully I get a, a gig back there one year. Now, the other one I stumbled across, Lenny, uh, was October 21st, 2019. Um, Chris Lynn is at the Grand Golf Club. Uh, just a lazy 380-metre drive on the 11th. Um, <laughs> I think my question to you, Chris, is if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, does it actually make a sound? Oh, I've got some questions about this 380-metre drive, my friend. Well, it carried about 330. And on the 11th at the Grand, if you hit the right, what do you call it, the hot zone um, on the world's longest drive, I think it's called that. Um, yeah, it got a nice little kick. So I kicked another 50 metres, um, you know, on the bounce, but I was, I was on that day. Didn't have much of a, a, a slight breeze, but um, I think even the, the hole before on the 10th, uh, drove the green, which is about, you know, 300 metres uphill as well. And, and then I think I hit an, either an eagle or I don't, can't remember, or birdie. Actually, nah, I, I three or four putted it. Just, just um, <laughs> took my time getting it there, but... Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I was definitely on that day, and that's one thing that, that, that why my handicap never comes down is because um, you know off the tee box, I've always believed you've got to try and hit it as far as you can. Um, it's, it's not all about the um, you know the smart play. You get over it, grip and rip, as they say, and, and actually and, and give it some. But I'm hoping for miracles. You know, I'm out there just to, to invest in memories, not not play smart golf. Um, but yeah, it's obviously cost me a lot of money on the golf course. That could almost be the tagline for this podcast. I think we're here to invest in memories, not play smart golf. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the Grand. I'm not. I'm not going to suggest that it's Queensland's Sage Valley, but quite similar in the sense that it is a private members course, and you can only get onto the Grand if you are a member or the invitation of a member. Um, for the yeah. benefit of our listeners who might not know much about it, it has quite an exclusive membership group and the dues each year are simply the cost of maintaining the course divided by the number of members who are paying that year and that's your dues uh, there's no tea booking times you can turn up when you like um, you can bring a guest and it would be fair to say that people who play at the grand uh, they don't drive to the grand they get their chopper to the grand yeah that could be fair that could be fair and as you mentioned the fees obviously vary um, you know I've, we've got a playing group down there um, 
consists of obviously myself, um, a bloke named Ron and Chris Jellick. Um, and then obviously Chrissy Walker gets an invite somehow as well. So um, he's not wow, a bad yeah. golfer, the, the former walkers on, Chris Walker. Um, Fatty Vorton plays down there as well. Um, so yeah, I've uh, I've definitely paid my dues of, of bets on the golf course. I'm I'm not a member, um, so I, I just tag along with the, with the freebie. But mate, it's it's a it's a class above. Um, I think anything that I've played around in Brisbane, and as you said, that the maintenance of the course is next level, and the and the beauty of it is, um, no one's well, it's rarely busy. So. Uh, I can get down there if we get down there and tee off at seven. I'll play two rounds by midday. It's you know it's fantastic. That's the dream. Two rounds before midday, you'd be lucky to get yeah. half a round over here in Perth in thirty four hours. The way that we're oh, mate, that, I know. And slow golf just absolutely kills me. Um, as you as you can imagine, that's hence the reasons why I'm only a short form player. But um, yeah, slow golf's just a no no. And if I you know, obviously, you know, when there's comp on or whatnot, I tend to stay clear of that and never never play golf on weekends. That's a big no-no for me. Uh, weekends are for races and, and punting and, and what goes with that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, golf midweek, generally late arvos or, or really early mornings. Well, Marshy, we, uh, yeah, well, we might have to get uh, Lenny a bit of an introduction to the boys at Blitz Golf because I think he could be uh, a, a nice little... Add on to the celebrity series there. It's only very up your alley, Lenny. Nine holes, six <laughs> holes, three holes, one hole knockout. Uh, you'd be absolutely laughing. If, uh, Mate, I'm absolutely, I'm, I've been calling for 13 holes for, I don't know how long. But, uh, <laughs> I've got the format wrong. We'd have to go back and redesign all the courses. That'd be the only problem. <laughs> so I take it, Lenny, you do a lot of work on 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 the big stick, on the driver, uh, and, yep. and not so much work with the... Uh, on the greens by uh, judging from your 380 meter drive and then a, a four putt from, from there on out. Is that, would that yeah. be fair to say? Yeah. So the way I like to look at it is, um, you know, off the drive, well, the driver is obviously like hitting a boundary in cricket and uh, the short game is like hitting singles and I hate hitting singles. So <laughs> uh, don't, certainly don't practice it, <laughs> but um, yeah, they, like, I just love, you know, getting over the top of the ball. I know in my backswing whether or not I've fucked it or not, but I just tend to <laughs> tend to go through for it and hope for a member's bounce somewhere. Smart. But, um, yeah, I'd, um, I mean, I, I've never, I've, I've been to a driving range plenty of times, but I've never been to, you know, the, the putting green, uh, the driving ranges. I just, you know, take it as it is. I'm happy to utilise my 18 handicap because if I'm on, then there's no one beating me. But if I have a bad day, then I'm still in the hunt with that handicap. <laughs> Gee, you and I are a lot alike, Lenny. And <laughs> <laughs> people keep going, why isn't it coming down? I said, I don't care. I don't want it to go down. It's harder to win. <laughs> Who's the, uh, obviously, there's plenty of, plenty of cricketers, as we were talking about before, that are, love getting out on the golf course. Who's the best player, best cricketer that you've played with, uh, played around with? Um, that I've played with? Uh, probably Jacques Callis. Yeah, right. Um, over in over in the IPL, yeah, absolute genius. Um, you know, I've seen, I've played behind Ricky Ponting before, and watching him tee off, and just the, the skill work. Um, you know, whether they want to draw it, fade it, you know, it's just unbelievable to see and just see the masters go to work. Uh, played a little bit with Jim, Jimmy Hopes, James Hopes. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, being a Brisbane boy, and he, he's he's a talented golfer. I think he might play off scratch as well. Um, and then who else? Um, Matty Renshaw is actually not too bad as, uh, as, a, as a youngster. I think um, 
you know, puts a lot of effort in. Just currently um, build a putting green in his backyard, synthetic <laughs> putting green. Um, so yeah, obviously dedicated to the cause. But yeah, I'd have to say I'd have to say Jack's Palace has got most of them. Uh, yeah, beaten. Very uh, articulate with his game. What about Abraham Benjamin de Villiers? Uh, we, we've oh, seen a lot of videos come out of uh, his time in isolation in his backyard, and, and I imagine, um, well, well, for starters, I imagine you almost probably had to tuck it under your belt when he committed to the Brisbane Heat uh, earlier in the yeah. year, and I don't blame you because what, what a, <laughs> you know, um, girls want to be with him, men want to be him, uh, some men want to be with him, but he yeah. strikes me as, as quite a, uh, well, he's documented as a multi talented sportsman. Um, and golf seems to be something that he just likes to do to relax. So I imagine he's fairly handy. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he plays off about maybe four or five. Um, but what he was saying, I think the handicap system is slightly different from in South Africa. But uh, one of the when we did play, we only got to play one game in uh, during the season for the Heat this year. And um, <laughs> believe it or not, again we were a little bit dusty. Um, so I didn't think I saw the best of him. But what I did see is he doesn't even use a tee. Uh, for his driver. What? So, DOD, driver off the deck. Uh, what a flex. Yeah. Oh, just imagine mate. rocking up and playing with AB to Villiers and he's just going, hey, Lenny, just check this one out. I'm just going to whack this off the deck if you don't mind. I was like, oh, I seen him just dig the heel in, just a little <laughs> little bump and puts it down. It's going, bam. I was like, fucking hell. Like, what's going are you serious? Like, what, do, what do I try and do on the next bar five? Go driver and then driver again off the deck. <laughs> How did that and come out? Right, it's actually in my game now. Um, yes. you know, as long as it, as long as the ball's sitting okay, then I'm happy to use it. Um, <laughs> I was I was blown away. Um, but again, just goes to show how how skillful the bloke is. Um, as you mentioned, multi talented, but just doesn't lack. Well, he's a very he's a very well mannered person, but doesn't lack confidence with any skill that that no. he's thrown. I can't imagine he stands over any shot and shoots himself. No, <laughs> absolutely. But you know, one one good thing about well, the best attribute that AB's got, I think, is that he's just is another human. Uh, he doesn't treat anyone any differently. Um, and he, although he didn't score the the runs that he would have liked for the Brisbane Heat, um, I think that's given him motivation and hunger to hopefully come back for his next year uh, for a longer period. Lenny, what about uh, the other end of the spectrum? Um, players who maybe aren't as good as they lead you to believe in the cricketing world because uh, I think cricketers in general lack no shortage of passion for the game of golf, but we can't all be world beaters. So uh, maybe your chance to just uh, name a few people who potentially aren't as good as they'd lead you to believe on the golf course. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because like you see some guys that just have naturally a good swing and then others are just absolute spazzes. Like... Um, <laughs> like Burnsy, Joey, Joey, the poor Joey Burns. Um, he always gets picked on the poor bastard, um, but just doesn't have a natural swing. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, who else? My, uh, you know, Cutsy's entertaining to watch on the golf course, now, obviously because he's got long levers and he can give an absolute whack. But he's got no, mo- he's got no mobility. What? How, no. how does he swing? Yeah, but he's got long levers and obviously hits a cricket ball a long way. So it's funny watching him lose, <laughs> lose his shit on the golf course. Um, one that is actually half talented is Ryan Harris, but shit, he gets angry. It's like he's a <laughs> professional golfer that gets paid to play golf and just has a bad day. And I have to keep telling him, I said, mate, you're, you're an Australian fast bowler, but he just can't come to terms with that. Um, so it's I, I enjoy the blow-ups and the club throws. Um 
that's every golfer to their core though, isn't it? Like oh, I get out there playing off, playing off 19 and I'm like, well, why haven't I jammed this 130 meter approach shot to three feet and I've skinned <laughs> it over the back. Yeah. I know one team has still got one of my pitching wedges from a few years ago. <laughs> Mate, it's amazing how far you can throw a wedge if you want it. <laughs> I find that quite incredible about Ryan Harris because, you know, you mentioned Australian fast bowler potentially had one of the great all-time careers crippled and cut short by a back injury. What yeah. doesn't sit well with golf? A back injury. So why does the bloke expect <laughs> he's going to be any good? Because his back's cut. I know, and I was actually talking to him a couple of days ago. I said, mate, we're due for a game, and absolutely. But I just, I love, um, you know, you can sort of chirp him a little bit on the course, and it's just, it's great to just see him throw the toys out of the cot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite funny, but I think probably one of the best blokes to play with on the course is, is Wendell Saylor. Uh, obviously, obviously uh, this Oh, as we're talking about being nice and open on the golf course, it's only just enough oxygen on the golf course for Wendell Saylor. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't quite get get a word in, but he's always, he's always filming. You always got his phone out, always putting you under the pump. Uh, you know, the game's never over with Big Dell, and surprisingly, um, doesn't hit a long ball because he's got no rotation. He's got a horrible swing, but his short game is actually pretty impressive for the for a big fella. So. Um, yeah, very, very different set of skills, but it gets the job done. Linny, tell us uh, yeah. about your other favourite courses to play around here in Queensland. Granted that um, probably I'd say 98% of our listeners here in Queensland probably not getting onto the grand. So if you're putting the grand to one side, uh, what are a couple of courses you like to go around here in, uh, in South East Queensland or more broadly across the state? Yeah, um, so I played Brookwater for the, uh, made my debut at Brookwater only about a month ago. Um, I'm not sure I'll be in a rush to get back there because I've lost fucking too many golf balls. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's too hard for me. But um, I nearly got my first hole in one there. Um, but I'm not sure it counted because there was no flags on the greens because of the virus. So I was just guessing. Um, but, if it went in the uh, hole, mate, off the stick, it's the hole in one. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, so Brookwater, wonderful course. Uh, I played, I was an ambassador at Brisbane Golf Courses, golf course for a, a couple of years and that's always in decent nick. The only downside is they tend to uh, call the, the fairways and the greens around Big Bash time. So when I'm trying to impress the guys uh, from interstate or overseas, it, it looks like a pile of shit. But um, it's, uh, it's always a beautiful course. Um, where else have I played? We used to play a fair bit at um, Pacific Harbour. Uh, I didn't mind going for the drive up to up to Bribey Bribe. Island. Yep. Um, great part of the world up there. And uh, played a fair bit down at Hope Island as well. Um, obviously, not not every you get a chance, you know, when there's when there's water around on those those two courses, obviously that means there's generally a fair bit of breeze. So yeah. um, you have your good and bad days, but it's a great opportunity to really send one nice and long if you, if you get the right tee box. How's your, your golf swing, Lenny? Because I, I haven't seen it personally, but a lot of cricketers, they um, kind of struggle with a slice, I suppose, because um, of the, I suppose, over-the-top movement of a, of a cricket bat in many ways. How's your yeah. golf swing? Are you, are you dealing with a slice? Have you conquered it? Because if you've got any tips, can you send them my way? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tricky one. So if I, it's, I've actually worked out if I have a net session um, before I go and play golf, I'll actually hook everything. Um, because my bottom hand's so dominant, I'll, hmm. I'll 
you know, you, you lose the bottom end too much. Um, but I've got I've got a really high swing, so naturally it's going to put more uh, height on the ball. Uh, my, you know, my what do you call it? The plane of the ball is is very high. Um, so when when I go to hit an iron, if it's a say a seven iron, the, the distance wise, actually, uh, I might go a six because the extra meters are going straight up in the air instead yeah. of lengths. Um, yeah, I, I keep it very still. I use a baseball grip uh, because I actually I broke one of my fingers a couple of times. Um, so it's actually quite sore if I overlap. Um, what it, what's the grip called? The yeah, the overlapping grip. grip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's quite painful. So I just go the baseball grip um, and I keep my legs really still uh, because I feel like I've got enough power through my through my body and in my arms that I um, don't have to utilize my hips and my legs. Um, and then simple terms like in cricket, you keep your head still, um, you give you a chance of best, uh, best chance of seeing the ball. So um, I've, I've taken that theory on the golf and I, so I keep my lower half as still as possible and just try and swing like shit with the top half. <laughs> Do you get intimidated standing over the, over a white ball? I mean, like you face some of the quickest bowlers in the world. They're coming in bowling 150 clicks an hour and you're sending them out of the gabba. And then you go and stand over a white ball. What's uh, on a golf course? What's the difference like there? Which one's uh, got the heart rate going a bit more when you've got a group of people on the first tee potentially watching your tee off or out in the middle of a gabba? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I use those yellow AVXs, the tireless AVX. Purely yellow just because they're easier to find. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you're like it's it's a total different feeling. As you said, you can clean, you can be playing in front of you know seventy, eighty thousand, whether you're in Australia or India. But you have got three or four mates behind you at the tee box, or you're in front of the clubhouse. And Jesus Christ, the heart rate goes up. <laughs> um, it's weird. Like that's why golf is such a fuck game because. In cricket, you can have the ball coming at you 140, 150 kilometers an hour. I can hit exactly where I want, but this little yellow or white ball on this tee, I've got no fucking idea where it's going. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, oh, it's great, mate. But that's that's absolutely why I love it. Um, you know, you always, you know, I, I saw something today. It's um, I hate golf. I hate golf. I hate golf. Good. Then you hit a pearl of shot. I love golf. And, and the roller coaster of emotions that happens on the golf course is is, is part of the reason why I play. But yeah, it's because um, I'm just not familiar in that environment. I've been asked to play a lot of pro pro ams, and I'm just too scared to play because I you know I don't want to don't want to be shit at it or no. or whatever. But I've seen so many of my mates play them that are worse than me. Um, you know, and, and I sort of relate that to. Um, I was out surfing the other day and the, the swell was good. And, and, and by the time the sun came up, there was a thousand board riders out there. I'm just too afraid to catch the wave that I want because I'm scared of failure again on the wave. But, you know, put me inside a cricket arena and you can you can do what you like. But being outside your comfort zone is that's, um, you know, that's why some of the, um, the best uh, are the best because they, they don't have any comfort zones. It's interesting, isn't it, Lenny? I probably, I don't know many other, if any other sports, you know, you think about a round of golf, 18 holes, three and a half, four hours, you could be good 3% of that time and you still have this driving urge to go back. That's pretty weird when you think about it. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> and then I ask myself, why the hell do I play this game? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not cheap as well when you add up. You know, the amount of balls I lose. Uh, you want a nice set of sticks, uh, the, the green fees. 
Um, and then obviously you're, you're having a pun on the course, which um, yeah makes it more enjoyable. And obviously when I'm playing a bad round, you double up um, the last couple of holes. But um, yeah, it's um, I guess that's why there's, there's so many so many downfalls. That's why it's such a good game. It's interesting as well. I, I know you guys, you know, a big part of the game now is working with sports socks and, and getting upstairs right, um, particularly you know, when you play in fast-paced, noisy arenas. But I wonder if there's any crossover with things you learn in cricket to control the headspace in the golf because I found it really curious what you just said about the fact, you know, you face 150 click ball in cricket, you have less than a second to execute and you can put it where you want. And you'd have to think it's a mental thing in golf, right? Because you have all the time in the world standing over that ball mm-hmm. and it's standing still. It's not coming at you. Yeah. And therefore, it's what's going on in your head, really, that's of the greatest consequence to what your shot's going to look like. Yeah, so if, I was actually thinking the other day, so in cricket, uh, like when I'm batting, I know my muscle memory is so, you know, I've got to so down pat every ball I know what I'm doing. But then I get onto the golf course and, you know, I, I might go really well, go par, birdie, par, birdie, and get in that routine. But then all of a sudden, it might be a little break or a slow golf, and then you get up on the next tee, and you actually, you forget a couple of your cues, what, what works for you. Um, and I guess that's what's teaching me to, you know, go just never never take shortcuts, I suppose, and, and trust your processes every time. I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, it's all about doing those processes time and time again. It's, you know, I refer to Rafa Nadal, you know, he does, you know, everything the same, whether it's the first game of the first set to the, you know, the, the 13th game in the fifth set. And, you know, as a cricketer, you, you've got to be consistent in your actions uh, on and off field to, you know, to obviously try and be the best you can. And I suppose that's what I'm learning. Uh, that's what, you know, golf is so critical in that if you, if you do skip, skip, a couple of steps, uh, you know, whether it's your preparation or your swing or whatever it may be, um, you know, you've got to you've got to keep trusting your process time and time again and get that muscle memory. You talk about not wanting to play in a in a pro am because you're you're too scared, mate. If you step up to the tee and hit a three hundred and eighty meter drive, I can guarantee you can talk, turn around, walk off the first tee, and you'll still be the most popular man there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bank on that. I actually got my first. <laughs> eagle on a par four the other day um, so that's that's as i said talk about investing in memories you know <laughs> i'm not out <laughs> oh, yeah it's just um yeah that's what i play for i try and you know try and hit a longest drive that that anyone's ever seen on on that course or that hole before and you know just leave your own little mark um on that round of golf have you played much else around Australia, mate? Because I assume you probably don't really get to. You're either in Queensland or you're on tour. Do you have you played much around the country? Uh, I played a handful of games in Adelaide, Royal Adelaide. Uh, played Huntingdale down in Melbourne, and uh, Victorian Victoria Golf Club uh, Capital, which was an amazing mm-hmm. course. Uh, and then uh, got on a chopper actually out to Dave Warner's brewery out in, in Mornington. So that was an experience. And then I uh, can't remember. Can't the remember chopper or the brewery? <laughs> can't remember. Well, the <laughs> <ride>. <laughs> it landed us on Crown Casino. So that was, uh, yeah, we had, we had a bit on that day. Um, yeah, haven't played. Oh, one I want to tick off is um, Barn Boogle. Uh, I'd yep. love to do that. 
Um, but yeah, haven't haven't really played uh, as many courses. Oh, actually, a favourite of mine was uh, up in Hamilton Island, Dent Island. Um, beautiful That's course been, up there, yeah. really windy. Um, yeah, apparently a lot of snakes. So I didn't even bother looking for my balls. Uh, but yeah, just being able to hit off a high ground and, and just see, you know, water 360 degrees is, is a pretty cool feeling. Who do you uh, fancy yourself if you compare yourself to a PGA Tour player? Who do you think you have shades of in your game? John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your game or is that a little bit of on and off course? Oh, we've got to mix on and off course, don't you? <laughs> Are we going to find you in a Hooters car park and come and sign autographs around Augusta National? Well, I'm, I'm actually, I saw him playing with his shirt off and barefoot the other day on Facebook. It would be great if we could play with our shirts on because yeah, I'm that's sick your vibe. of the shit, the shit arm tan that you get from the shirts. Singing our language, Lenny. This is what exactly. this podcast's about. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. You're not blessed uh, with the olive skin either, are you? No, I'm not too bad at the moment. It's been, been out in the water, um, been out in the, yeah, in the surf, so... The rig's actually yeah, getting there slowly, again, only because the pubs are shut. <laughs> now, Lenny, tell us a little bit about, uh, there's a great project that you've been doing for a couple of years now away from uh, your cricket. And obviously, when you're not on the golf course, you're pouring all your time into Playbook Coach, uh, an app that yeah. you've developed that connects kids with their sporting heroes, yeah. allows them to um, connect and, and, and find some time to do some one-on-one coaching. I believe golf is on there, but you've got a wide variety of sports. It's a great uh, it's, it's a great little initiative you've got connecting kids with their heroes. Yeah, it's going well. And um, basically how it started is, um, well, I was injured at the time. I'm thinking, shit, what am I going to do after cricket or how can I sort of give back to the community? And uh, I thought, you know, what opportunities or what's made the difference in my career? And I, I firmly believe having a, a specialist coach or, or mentor has, has made a difference in my career. And, and, you know, I've had the same mentor since I was 16 in, in Gavin Fitness. And I've actually been catching up with him three or four times a week since we've been in isolation. Um, and it's been great. And, uh, yeah, again, I firmly believe it's, um, you know, given me the confidence to, to take my game to another level and, and mentally keep me strong and, and prepared. And, um for, you know, for young kids to, to get an opportunity to be coached by some of the best um, around Australia um, is, is something that I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, they don't have to be, you know, world beaters. They don't have to have played for Australia. Um, your goal might be from, you know, going from second grade to first grade. It might be moving up the batting order. It might be moving positions in the back line. Or it might just be giving the kid the confidence to play a team game um, so, you know, we're not just an elitist platform. We've got, you know, we've got a lawn bowls coach. We've got, you know, guys that just play third grade uh, cricket, uh, giving back to their to their sporting clubs. And, yeah, as you mentioned, all sports all around Australia, all abilities. So, um, yeah, it's been great so far. And I've absolutely loved, um, you know, coaching young kids and, and seeing the smiles on their faces is um, something that, you know, makes me extremely proud that, um, yeah, the the work that we're doing so hopefully that continues and we're, we're getting coaches on board every day and um yeah the, the more the better and uh, i think you know as a as a proud australian our culture is you know getting out in the sun you know backyard cricket you know backyard footy um hitting golf balls wherever you wherever you can it's it's something um that i find is probably slowly dying with the with the technology and and i suppose i probably um bit of a hypocrite there because it is technology that's um you know getting these kids involved but uh, you I'll know speak the, to the market, mate. 
yeah, yeah. The end, the end piece is getting the kids out in the sun, away from the iPads, and um, keeping that proud um, Australia, Australian sporting culture alive. Not to pump your tyres up too much, but it does seem to be something that you know that gives real meaning to you. Whether it's you know you work through the playbook coach, you know you're often the last one off the Gabba signing autographs for the kids. It's been a a difficult few seasons for the Brisbane Heat, but you obviously it's very important to you to you know create a positive experience for those kids and, and ensure that you know I suppose that they're provided every opportunity they want to to fulfil their their dreams. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the way I see things, whether you had a good or bad day, you just want. Uh, you know, people don't know that, um, you know, you know that at home. Um, so that's why I try and just be consistent, as I said earlier, with with my emotions, with my uh, attitude, with my, whether it's, um, you know, preparation for a game, whether it's recovery, just be consistent uh, as a person. And as I said, I'm really passionate about giving back to the community. And so I can do this now in a way, not just to the cricket community, but to the whole sporting community. And as I said, a mentor for me is, um, has been a world of help. And, you know, if, as I said, we just want kids, kids to better their best. And um, as I said, just giving the kid a confidence, the confidence to play a team sport. I mean, how good is that? Because there's, there's a lot of shy kids out there and especially with the amount of bullying online, um, you know, it, it's great to see these kids turn around and, and get stuck into, you know, something that they just enjoy. Linny, you've been very generous with your time, but it would be remiss of us not to talk a little bit of the other white ball before we let you go. Uh, obviously, you, you mentioned earlier that you had to um, cut your time in the PSL short, come home from Pakistan. Can you give us a bit of an idea of how much of an effect this COVID-19 break has had on your schedule for the year? What, what have you missed out on? Where would you currently be? What would you currently be preparing for in the middle of? Yeah, so I had an email, I think, a couple of days ago. So the new new uh, 100 ball tournament has just been cancelled um, in England, which is obviously a bit disappointing, but it is what it is. Uh, I, I believe the, the Caribbean tournament will be cancelled um, later in the year. And I think, I, I, I won't be a part of it, but the World Cup will be very, very slim chances um, to go ahead in October. So I had a link up with the, the Mumbai Indians owners the other day. And they're still hopeful that the IPL will go ahead. Obviously, if the World Cup is cancelled, I think the the IPL will go ahead around that period or slightly later. Um, so obviously, yeah, fingers crossed that goes ahead. But um, yeah, the, the, I think the Big Bash will go ahead, probably without crowds, but that's okay. Um, you know, we're as sportsmen, we're, we're all about entertaining and fan engagement. So if people can't attend the match. Um, what's the next best thing? And that's watching sport at home on the TV. So we want to um, give give everyone the opportunity to hopefully watch some cricket over the summer, which would be great. Um, but yeah, look, we're what, six weeks into isolation now. and We've made huge progress in Australia. Um, so hopefully we, that um, continues and we can get back to somewhat normality and uh, yeah, get, get sport back on TV because um, I know for sure... Uh, well, for for a fact that Sky Racing's been the number one channel on Foxtel <laughs> recently, and tell you what, Ladbrokes are absolutely loving me. <laughs> the ball starts tomorrow, mate. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. I don't need that either. <laughs> and how's the body, mate? Obviously, you, you seemed like you were in pretty good nick actually over in the PSL before you had to come home. So I, I suppose maybe one silver lining of the extended break it just gives you time to continue to work away on 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 building the strength back up. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, just I want to be real productive throughout this time because you know I've always been chasing my tail with 
um, time in getting my body right for tournaments. Now I've got this indefinite break. I'm actually going to try and test my body uh, one in the gym and then obviously on the on the training paddock as well um, because if I do tend to pull up a little bit sore, I'm okay with that because time's on my side for once. So instead of, you know, I'm, I'm obviously am resting, but I, I'm training my my uh, you know my ring up in the gym downstairs to try and find a new just new levels I suppose you know I've been you know hindered by these shoulder um, problems the last couple of years and if I can just go that you know just just find out because I don't want to don't want to go in hindsight you know or hindsight's a wonderful thing and I'll never find out if I could actually do stuff um, or, or not so yeah it's a good little period for me but the body feels good at the moment um, yeah look good feel good and uh, yeah hopefully get back on the, on the cricket field um, you know best shape as possible. How have you been keeping sane in ISO, mate? It's, um, it's uh, apart from punting, apart from getting out and playing <laughs> yeah. as much golf as you can. Is, is there anything you've been doing to to keep sane? Because it's been a pretty challenging time for for everyone, I suppose, on a on a more serious note. Yeah, it has. I'm kind of used to the isolation thing, having gone to India and Pakistan a fair bit. Um, you know, not having to leave the hotel. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's nothing new for me, but. Um, you know, I can lay on the couch all day. That does not bother me. Um, you know, like, you know, is um, yeah, it's it's yeah. As I said, it's nothing new. Um, the golf definitely helps. Um, I am I am hanging out for a pub to open. Um, that is one thing. But um, yeah, just trying to be productive as I can. Now, you know, I, I was really lucky. I got my gym set up downstairs, so I spend two hours in there every day, and then try and get a cardio session in. Uh, take the dogs for a walk and and then get out um, get out and try and surf quite a bit as well. Um, but yeah, it's um, I suppose you can easily go the other way and just be real lazy. But I, I'm just trying to take all the positives out of it. I'm a good sleeper, so if I if I want to watch a movie, it sort of takes me sort of seven or eight goes to watch the whole thing uh, because I tend to nod off. So no issues here in isolation. Absolutely loving it. Where do you take the board out, mate? Do you go Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast? Uh, a bit of both, a bit of both. Uh, I like, as I mentioned earlier, a bit quieter, the quieter spots. Um, Not too many eyes. You know, yeah, no <laughs> eyes. Um, but it's, it's just the best feeling in the world is, you know, duck diving under a wave that doesn't clean you up and, and just getting that salt water on the face. And again, a bit like golf uh, around in, in silence and in your own space. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a good way to, um, you know, it just makes me feel mentally and physically um, so much better when, I, when I'm out in the ocean. Well, Lenny, it's been, uh, it's been very entertaining. You've regaled us with some fantastic stories. I think uh, potentially more than any other guest we've ever had, our listeners probably relate to your standing over the ball and not having any idea where it's going. <laughs> yes, uh, so. I do apologise for the, for the F-bombs too. Um, <laughs> no, no need to apologise, mate. That's why we have an explicit rating. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Uh, it's not often I get uh, called onto a golf podcast, but it's been it's been fun talking golf, and might actually try and practice what I preach. So I might actually come out in the better in the better side. <laughs> Good man, Lenny. Thanks for your time, mate. Awesome, thanks. Thank you.